stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It goes about as iconic as it gets, isn't it, folks? Sunday, May 6th at the uh, Great Eagle Resort and Casino. Uh, The one and only uh, George Thorogood is uh, going to be performing, of course, over 20 albums, two of which certified platinum, six certified gold, 15 million albums sold worldwide, more than 40 years uh, with the band The Destroyers. Uh, George Thorogood released an album last year, Party of One, Joining us to talk about the upcoming show, the recent album, an amazing career, the one and only George Thorogood. George, how you doing? Welcome to the program. Always a pleasure. Well, so great to have you with us. Uh, so May 6th, uh, you'll be performing here. Let's uh, talk about the album last year, Party of One. Um, what, what, what were you going for with, with this album? And, the, the, you know, the fact that, that you're still compelled to, to put new, new music out there. Well, we kind of changed the, um, the theme of the album, uh, about halfway through it, I kind of got stuck uh, stuck there because we were trying to make it a, a straight acoustic blues album, which I did um, prior to putting this band together. I was a solo act. Um, I, I got some attention from it, um, but I, I just couldn't carry it off and uh, do a complete show of playing alone. I kind of pooped out after about 20 minutes. And when we got in the studio, I said, you know, there's only so many blues riffs I know how to do or blues songs, when we got about halfway through it, we, we changed it to thinking, well, why don't we do songs, probably one song by every artist that that influenced you to pick up the guitar that are not, you know, rock people like Chuck Berry or Bo Diddley or, you know, people like that, and a few surprises along the way. So we shifted gears and said, well, you got a John Lee Hooker song, you got a, uh, um, you got a Howling Wolf song, uh, so we kind of moved on and said, let's do a Hank Williams song. We did a Dylan song. Uh, we did a, uh, a Rolling Stone song, uh, Johnny Cash. So we, we having that um, mindset, it, it, it made it a little easier because I just happened to have uh, a few songs in my hip pocket that I've been playing my whole life anyway. Yeah. I just never had done them you know, in a performance situation. or I won't say I didn't take them serious. Um, I just didn't think they'd ever see the light of day. So that... Having moved on in that direction is what got the project completed. Because there was about, a, I think, about a six-year gap, wasn't there, between the, the last album you did with the Destroyers and then then doing this one? Well, you know, it's a kind of tough, Rob, because, uh, you know, boy, you get to a point in your life, you're playing and playing, and then you get to a spot where you do projects. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, my projects, um, I, I kind of took a page out of Eric Clapton's book when I said, you know, uh, you know, when Eric plays live, you know, he does, like most acts, most of their hits or their most well-known songs. Um, and he did a song, he did an album, um, uh, Unplugged, which was acoustic. He did one from the cradle, which was like an all blues thing. Um, so I said, well, that's kind of the way to go. Um, everybody does at one point or another, an unplugged record, you know, unplugged mm-hmm. acoustic, whatever. Uh, we did one 2120 South Michigan Avenue, which is, Going back to the, the tribute to Chess and the Rolling Stones, who, um, unbeknownst to them, they turned me on to Chess Records, and so that that was 
to answer your question. That's why it took a while to say, well, what else is there to do that, it, that I uh, haven't already done? I'm not saying I've done everything the way someone like, you know, Dylan has or McCartney or something like that. I was thinking I've done everything George Thurgood knows how to do. Uh, and they'll just get repetitions from here on out. Right. So we'll say, well, let's come up with a project. That's when Rounder stepped in and said, well, why not a solo record? Why not acoustic? Because, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about doing that for years, uh, so the time was overripe. So this is Rounder, uh, Rounder Records. Uh, th yes. This is the label that you first signed with way back in the beginning, isn't it? Well, it was the first label. was, <laughs> well... Not to sound too uh, negative, but they were the only label who said maybe. Oh, really? <laughs> Everybody else said no. <laughs> well, you know, we were we were just we were going as far as we could without a record. Uh, people were starting to come to the shows with with tape recorders, and uh, people having me come over to the house and record my uh, my repertoire, and people hiring us at parties and had big rec tape recorder out and all record bourbon scotch and beer so they could play it in their car, so they could play it at work. And I said, we need a record out. Come on. But we couldn't get a label interested in us. Um, we bumped into Rounder Records due to a live performance in Massachusetts. And, you know, I started to bug the hell out of them for like six months. And they kept, they were too nice to say, no, we don't do that. We do documentary records. We do roots music. We do bluegrass and old time music. We don't need, uh, you know, the next fresh cream or, uh, you know, a, a stripped-down version of the Rolling Stones. Well, well, we, that's not what we do. And I said, but yeah, but that's what I do. Right. <laughs> so you got to help me out. But I'll tell you what, let's do one record, and then you can cut me loose. You know, just let me get one record out here and get, get me going here. You know, uh, like, like Johnny Winter did. You know, he, like Janis Joplin did. They did a label, and then they moved on to a major label. Um but once the first record did so well, Router didn't want to let me go. Um, the money started to come in. So you've kind of come full circle then. Well, they're 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 a, a solid label then. Um, they're just a much bigger one now. Um, they're they're as big as anybody else now. They're you know they're a major label. They're they're a major player in the game now. Um, in their field when they started. You know, they were solid in that area. It was small, um, but at the same time, they were effective. Uh, they're just they're just bigger now, that's all. And I'm, uh, to tell you the truth, when I got a chance to go back to Rounder, um, it was not the same Rounder as it once was. Right. Uh, it's it's a whole different setup. But we're not the same band we once were either. So getting back together was, it was good timing. Well, it's not the same kind of industry anymore, right? Exactly, exactly, and they they adapted to it as we did. You know, if you don't adapt to the times that have changed, especially in business, you're going to go out of business. Yeah, but I mean, what the sense I get from you, though, and I mean, you know, despite it all, everything you've accomplished, everything you've done, that there's still a, a desire to keep doing it. Like you, you're doing this because you love it, not because you have to, right? What? Say that again. That you're doing this because it's a passion. You're doing this because you love it, right? Even after all of these years. And you want to hear something that's really good timing? And I mean this sincerely. You know one of the reasons it's, it's, it's kept this band going and kept them enthusiastic and, and kept us rocking at the level we are? You want to know the truth of that? Yeah. Canada. Really? 
really, you know, your country has adopted us with open arms. Um, I can't say that enough. Uh, when we started coming there, it was always great. But over the last oh, 10 years or so, 10, 15 years, it, it's just like it's like this uh, it's like this great Thanksgiving party that never ends up there. And uh, every time I go, I go, well, I guess we'll probably never get the chance to go north again. And like clockwork, you people just won't let us go. <laughs> and it's fantastic. We did a... We did an outdoor concert a few years ago with uh, um, Cheryl Crow out in the park there. Fantastic. Man, we got off the plane. The people of Calgary just laid out the red carpet for us. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, the response is just, uh, it's just been growing. It's been an evolution. It doesn't seem to want to stop. So um, yeah, a big responsible for the destroyer is still going is the reception we get in your country. I mean that. Because you guys started out in Delaware. You're from Delaware. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you think back? Can you remember when the first time you would have come to Canada to perform would have been? Man, I, if I was in Delaware when I was first playing a guitar, I wouldn't even know how to get in a car and fly in Canada. <laughs> right. so I, wouldn't, I didn't even have a car to get to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when we did come there in the summer of 1978, uh, I, I couldn't believe we played in, uh, we only played a couple of cities. I think we played Toronto and we played Montreal. And um, the, the reception, again, we played the El Combo, which was great, and a place called uh, El Casino, I think it was called, in Montreal. And uh, the, the reception of of these people, I said, I didn't even, we were on Attic Records at the time, which is uh, the partners with Rounder, it's a, to distribute a record in Canada. And we got there, and it was like, I mean, it treated us like superstars, man. We were just like, you know, just the three of us crossing the border in the car by the three of us, you know, in a bus or a crew or anything like that. Um, and we still work with some of the promoters from that day. So it's just been building since that time. I'll give you a quick story. We did a gig in, uh, in Buffalo, and uh, we were playing with the Rolling Stones, and we opened for them. And a lot of people, was pouring rain, pouring rain. And we did a couple of songs, and the rain stopped. And I did this song, No Particular Place to Go. And people were getting into it. And then I mentioned the word Toronto in the song. And the place went crazy. I didn't realize how close Buffalo was to Toronto. And tons of Toronto people came down to see the show. See, I felt, you know, I was pretty green in those days, you know. I said, oh, man, we got to go back up there. This is, this is a bigger reception south of the border with America, with the Canadians than it is with the Americans. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it's been a wonderful experience, and I want to keep it going as long as I can. So are you in the midst of a tour right now, then? Yeah, just getting started. Yeah. Well, all the best with the tour, May 6th. That's a Sunday night uh, here at the Great Eagle Resort and Casino. Uh, George, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. It's been a real honor. Rock and roll never sleeps. It just passes out. (laughs) Absolutely. George Thurgood, thanks so much. Bye, Rob. Take care. There you go. The one and only George Thurgood, May 6th, Great Eagle Resort and Casino. It's crazy, that song, Bad to the Bone. There's a, a whole separate Wikipedia entry just for that song, which George wrote, by the way. It's been used in at least two dozen movies, probably more, in TV shows. I mean, my kids know that song. It was in Megamind 
the animated movie was in the Muppets. I remember it. I remember it very well from the movie Talk Radio back in 1988. Uh, that was the, the main character of the talk shows. That was his music. It was bad to the bone. It was in Terminator 2, just a whole bunch of movies. Anyway, so they've done pretty well, and he's still going strong. The album uh, Party of One was out last year, May 6th, the Great Eagle Resort and Casino. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.